welcome back to As For Me In My House. I'm Melena. And I'm Jordan. I am coming to you guys a whole year older now than our last podcast. Congratulations on your Jordan birthday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, I'm now 23 years old. I'm feeling it in the joints, feeling it in the back. You're I 23 feel... years young, honey. I still have plenty ahead of you. I know, but it does not feel like that. I've been feeling pretty old. But, yeah. So, we'll do a little birthday recap. So, Jordan, like always, tried to do like a little surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I failed terribly. Not you. I feel like people don't understand when you say it's a surprise dinner or a surprise something. People always tell me on accident. (laughs) Hey, Melana, can't wait to see you at your surprise party this weekend. (laughs) Literally, someone texted me. He's like, happy birthday. Can't wait to see you tonight. And I was like, what's tonight? Oh, oh. Okay. Whoops. Someone didn't get the memo. Uh, but yeah, we yeah. hope you guys had a great weekend, um, even though it's the middle of the week now. But hopefully your week's off to a good start. And it's almost the weekend, right? Hump day. Hump day. But yeah, we hope you guys had a good weekend. What did mm-hmm. we do this weekend, honey? Tell well, them a little bit about your birthday, because I feel like you were kind of MIA from social media. I was, Which yeah. is a good thing. But Well, okay. I First of all, I can't already believe it's November. Am I the only one? Like We're halfway through, honey. Uh, like what? How? That's crazy. Yeah. And I don't know if where you guys live, but in Michigan, it has been in the teens. It was like 17, Wait, 18. that's before the wind chill. With the wind chill, we're in single digits. Yeah. And it's, it's been middle of November, guys. And snowing. It's We're so deep in snow. I've already had to order Samson and Delilah new jackets because I can't find their old ones. And Delilah refuses to go outside because she's... A little diva, so she's been pooping and peeing in our carpet. I need to whatever. like shovel out a little area for them. I don't blame her. I honestly don't get upset because I wouldn't want to pee and poop in snow either. But Samson's fine. So yeah, anyway, all of our friends like this. All has to do with my birthday. <laughs> all of our friends like in Canada. Can you guys relate? Like way north of the border because it's so it's got to be at least the same, if not colder. There. Yeah, they're probably like, oh six degrees. Man, that's like summer. Oh, I can't. It's just so cold. So that kind of started off my weekend. Um, And then on Friday, Jordan and I went to this like hot tub place. Yeah, it's like a hot tub. It's like a hot tub rental. Yeah, it's like outside, which is really nice. If you guys haven't, if you're in somewhere that's cold, it's really nice going in a hot tub outdoors because you may think it's cold, but like you're in a warm hot tub all day. Yeah, it's refreshing because you're not like sweating, but it's all yeah. like in private enclosed, mm-hmm. like all the walls are around, but the sky is like the, the, you can see the, the roof stars is open, and everything. So, yeah, Some might nice. say it's romantic. <laughs> yeah, we just had like a little date night Friday and then Saturday yeah. was the fake messed up surprise party. <laughs> my sister was in town, so she was with us. So she was like taking care of Alethea. My one request for my birthday, like the actual day was I am not changing a poopy diaper. And I didn't change a poopy diaper. Jordan, the next day, I kept saying it. He goes, okay, it's over. Your birthday's over now. You can it's, change this diaper. It's birthday, not birth weekend, <laughs> not birth month. It's birthday. Well, I was trying to soak it up because it, I kidding. feel like my birthday came and went so fast. It did. So on Saturday, I just moped around. Like I literally was in my PJs until like one. I really didn't want to do anything. We had waffles, right? You made Belgium waffles, which yeah, were we had yummy. we breakfast at like... One in the afternoon, mm-hmm. yep. which I haven't done since college, but <laughs> it's fine. You can do that on your birthday. You can yeah. be in your PJs and just have a lazy day. Mm-hmm. 
And then, well, oh, I went and got a Manny and Petty. And then Melanie and Jordan ran some errands, errands with Alethea. And then... Getting last minute gifts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I feel like this is when I started to suspect something because then my friend texted me saying that they'd see me tonight. And then when I got back and was at your parents' house with you, I don't know if you heard, but Melanie was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you, but we have to be somewhere at 530. <laughs> and I was like, and it was like 445. Oh, no. And we were still at Jordan's parents' house. I still look like a mess. Alethea's in her PJs still. You know, I was wondering why you were so cooperative about us, like, rushing out the door. Because I was <laughs> trying to play it off all nonchalant because I obviously didn't hear Melanie say that to you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, where do you want to go to eat? Oh, you know what we haven't had in a while? And then I, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go to Bahama Breeze. So that's where we end up going. Yeah, that's where the surprise was. But mm-hmm. it was no tell them what happened when we actually got to the restaurant. Oh, OK. So first of all, there's like you guys suck at surprises. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like everyone is like this. Except or... for our engagement. Oh, that was. Yeah, that was crazy. Which everybody's Wait, been have asking we done us. a podcast on that? No, people have been asking. So we should probably okay, we do should. that soon. We should. OK, we will. I thought we, I for some reason thought we already did. OK, anywho, anywho, anyhow. Um, <laughs> so then once we get to Bahama Breeze, Melanie's like running ahead of us. And I'm like, why? We okay. just leave Melina at the yeah, hostess Yeah, I'm table. holding Alethea and I'm just like by myself and they both just start walking to the back. I'm like, where are you going? There's no hostess leading them or anything. And they start going back and then Melanie, well, everyone is there, my whole family, Jordan's family and our friends. And then Melanie thought, the waitress was me and goes, surprise. And it wasn't me. I was still like a good 10 feet behind. Melanie turns around and she just sees out of the corner of her eye another Person girl like by. about the same height and hair mm-hmm. color and all that of Melana. She's like, oh, nope, not you. <laughs> then two seconds later, Melana comes awkwardly behind. Uh, so, it yeah. was great. It was fun. And then everyone came over after, opened some gifts and stuff. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story today, but I did get a new Nespresso machine mm. for my birthday, and it is bomb. So I know we and it had... it looks nice. Oh, my that's, gosh. That's really it, what you wanted, right? Uh, um, you didn't care I so won't much, admit but. it, but no. <laughs> it's a beautiful machine. It's white with, like, cream colors and stuff. It's just very aesthetically pleasing and, like, goes with my theme. But it's so good and it has nine settings for like different coffees so you can make cappuccinos frappuccinos mochas or something can you do that i don't know there's nine different settings well you really like it because it makes the smaller um coffees not like yeah. the huge 10 ounces or mm-hmm. whatever but... i like like an espresso shot mm-hmm. that's what i like i don't like drinking like a tall like full glass of coffee i'd be pooping all day <laughs> and I'm not trying to do that. So I like, yeah, that's why I wanted this machine because it just makes like the shots. So happy about that. Yeah, that was another, oh, another gift that I got for you that was really, I think, I think special mm-hmm. was the bouquet that we ordered mm-hmm. actually from the Books company. And well, okay, for every occasion, Jordan always gets me flowers. That's yeah, like sometimes they're store-bought. Sometimes I get them online, but I actually had a bad experience with another company um, that we ordered online. I think it was for Valentine's Day or maybe our anniversary earlier this year. And the flowers came, like, crushed. The box was already crushed, so you already mm-hmm. know, like, okay, if that's what the box looks like um, and there's a really fragile, like, flowers. contents inside. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. as we opened it up, like the petals were falling off, the wrapping was all crinkled up and kind yeah, of, it and just the, wasn't the good. The stem was already broken, so the flowers were like all like sideways. Yeah, so I was like, never again from that company. <laughs> but the Books company reached out to us um, to work with us on the podcast, and I'm like, yeah, I've heard really good things. They were actually on Shark Tank um, a long time ago. That's so cool. And they're doing really well now from what I understand. But basically, they deliver beautiful, farm-fresh, sustainably grown flowers, plants, and really cool gifts. And it's perfect for, like, obviously, Melinda's birthday or anniversaries or special occasions or whatever. Yeah, but these flowers are the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen. My mom was the one that, like, arranged them for me because I don't know how to really cut flowers. But in the – well, you should have looked in the box because in the box they have – instructions of like here's how to care for and well i saw that cut your but, flowers and all that oh oh maybe read, my mom honey. missed that okay <laughs> but it came with a mason jar so it already came with a vase for you to put it inside of but my mom was like every three seconds she goes oh Lino, look at this flower yeah they're really unique flowers i wish so, we had the video stream so already pretty. i know but if we work with them again in the future and they we got were... a video stream up we will show you guys because it's a really nice arrangement and very like unique looking like I okay, I'm pretty picky about my flowers. Like, don't come at me with Kroger flowers that look like dandelions. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> don't knock them. So these are very like extravagant looking. There's this one flower in there that looks like a. It's like a deep plum color, almost black. It's so pretty. Very, very, very like breathtaking, unique colors, and they smell really good. Oh, you know what? I I probably shouldn't be telling you this because what? it might be another gift in the future, but. They, I saw on their website, they have wreaths that they make too okay. that are like fresh, real? yeah, real fresh, oh, farm nice. fresh wreaths and that would look really nice on the front door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was a really good gift and they're actually giving you guys as our audience a special offer of 25% off your order uh, with the code house. You just use like, as for me and my house podcast, just use house and to get 25% off your first Books order, go to B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash house. And again, you'll get 25% off your first order with code house. So, yeah. Thanks to them for working with us. So as thanks you guys... For, well, thanks for flowers, honey. Absolutely. Ex- absolutely. It was... I love giving flowers. I don't really care to get them, but... <laughs> You always love seeing really good flower arrangements. So yes, I do. I take pride in that. But as you guys know from the title, we've after a really long, like 11-minute intro, we wanted to just sit down and share a little bit with you guys about um, personal finances. And we're kind of gearing this more towards the younger generation, like millennials, Gen Z, those mm-hmm. kind of coming up because yeah, that is the majority. Like yeah, that's the majority of our audience, I, f- I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really this applies to anybody at any point. And I have a question that I just kind of wanted to start off and lead with. Yes, professor. (laughs) Just for everybody out there listening. My question is this. Maybe you're in a different country or a different experience, but my question is why don't they teach healthy budgeting, investing, and spending habits when you're going out through school? I have the answer. Why? Because they don't want everyone to be successful let me put on my tinfoil hat and then we can talk more what 
It sounds like a conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys may not know this about us, but we are so into conspiracy theories. We should definitely do a whole episode on conspiracies. Oh, I just love like, I seeing what people... I believe them all. I love seeing... <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I love just seeing what people come up with and try to substantiate or justify no, it. No, I love to question. Because there are some question. legitimate like, suspicions, and I think it's good to be suspicious and to be questioning things that's what i was just gonna say i question everything but that's so another that's podcast why. for another day okay anywho okay. anyhow okay 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 we get back to finances yes okay melena's just really excited tonight to do this podcast but anywho anyhow i wanted to kind of tell you guys a little bit about our experience because kind of in that answer for that question maybe they are intentionally trying to make people unsuccessful and you're a conspiracy theorist or maybe it's just that's how things are and nobody's really challenged it or questioned it so we kind of wish we had that growing up and thank god we had you know my parents have been a huge help in in my life as far as you know learning how to budget balance a checkbook um just see the value of a dollar and not um, not abuse that and just wanted to give a little disclaimer before we go on is that Melina and I are not financial advisors we're not licensed professionals this is just our advice and opinion and nothing more so take that for what it is I just wanted to throw that out there mm-hmm. um, but we really did try to build good money management habits before we even got engaged yes so yeah. tell them a little bit honey about what you did kind mm-hmm. of throughout our dating and engagement season yeah. and how we kind of prepared for that as mm-hmm. full-time high school and college and um, just try to work here and there as much as we could. Yeah. So when I was 16, I got my first job at a gymnastics place. I was a gymnastics coach for the little kitties. Um, I had so much fun with it. But as soon as I turned 16, I really wanted to have my own money and not constantly like beg my parents for money or have to do chores to get money. And I had my own car and my car wouldn't work if I didn't have gas. And if I didn't have gas, I couldn't use it. So I had to work to pay for my gas and pay for clothing and like cute accessories, whatever that I wanted to buy. So um, as soon as I could get a job, that's what I did. And then so that was at 16. And I had that job up until I was what, 19? Yeah, I think even after yeah. we got married, you still worked there, right? You you took uh, no. you left and then you came back for a little while. Yeah, I like worked there and then we got engaged. Oh, and then you and went then I babysitting. Yeah. yeah, so I nannied for two and a half years, and I did that at the same time. So once Jordan and I actually got engaged, we quickly realized that weddings don't pay for themselves. Um, and Milana has expensive taste when it comes to venues. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I do not, honey. I honestly, I was on a pretty small budget. I made it work. I DIYed a lot of stuff. I tried my best. Honey, I feel like we did not spend that much money compared to what normal people spend. Okay, well, we what do we spend about? I, I don't care if we tell people. We spent about $20,000, right, on everything? Yeah. That was the venue, the food, mm-hmm. the DJ, and planning and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so I we mean, 20000 got- well, let me say this. 20000 is a lot of money. And I've heard of people getting married for three or four thousand. Oh, or, I thought you were gonna say a hundred thousand. Yeah, I feel some like that's... people some people just have like you know six figure plus weddings, and it's just like okay, well, 
you know, you might. I feel like that's pretty average. Okay. Yeah, I think Hold I on. think so. But today's day and age, but still, it's a lot of money. So I didn't want to just like blow by it. Like, oh no, right. it wasn't that much. Like I could have spent a lot more. Like, no, I think that no, was fine. No, Twenty thousand yeah. was fine. I agree. Well, that's the point I was gonna make. So as soon as we got engaged, we realized we had to save up for this wedding. We mm-hmm. were engaged for well, we knew. Okay, we actually booked our wedding venue before we got engaged. Six months before we got engaged, because our venue was booking up. Make sure they're the right one. It wasn't like... We knew we were getting engaged. Jordan was just taking a long <sighs> no, no, time. No, no, no. I had to plan it like strategically, because as you guys heard earlier in this episode, Melana mm-hmm. thinks I'm terrible at surprises. Yeah. So I really had to surprise her, so I had to plan Go it. Go all out. It was a little delayed, but we'll get into that when we finally share the whole engagement yeah. story. So. Okay. So we were engaged for about a year and a half. So we had about a year and a half to save. So I was working two jobs and making like minimum wage, honestly not making that much. I made like 12 to 13,000 in a year, give or take taxes and whatever. So I literally took every dollar that I made into our wedding. So we had that and then I can't remember what how much money our parents gave us, but they did help. Yeah, but a majority of the they, money they, did come from us. They picked up the slack. Um, I paid for the honeymoon, so I was mm-hmm. working as a personal trainer and selling yeah. gym memberships, and I also was in college full time. So mm-hmm. I remember the days where like I kind of look back on it and smile or laugh, but at the time it was kind of hectic because I commuted about thirty minutes to school. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would have classes in the morning mm-hmm. from like nine till one. And then I'd come to the gym and work from like one to six. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have class, like a night class once a week or twice a week, maybe Yeah. from like seven to 10. Mm-hmm. So I'd go literally leave my house at like eight, eight thirty in the morning and not get home till about 1030 or, or yeah. so um, mm-hmm. on those long days when I had night class and I would be going back and forth, back and forth from home to school to the gym to work and work out and then mm-hmm. back to school and then back home and so con- it was a lot conveniently my school was like only 15 minutes away from his so we would like study at night together mm-hmm. i would like drive to his school before i had my night class too and so yeah i was working during this time too we were both in college but there was one semester that i did go part-time so i could work more to make more money i don't know if i'd recommend that yeah, it's but a personal decision. we ended up being able to pay for our wedding because of it. But all that to say, basically, the only way we were able to pay for our wedding is because we worked and we were able to live with our parents. So we didn't live with each other before we moved in. Um, we didn't we have a house to... payment or a car payment. Right. I know those are some yep. big, you know, financial big ticket items that yeah. when people are budgeting and trying to save up for things like a wedding, mm-hmm. those could be big factors. So Well, we were also 19 years old. Yeah. I was at least. So it wasn't, yeah, it was like, okay for me to be living with my parents. So just like being at home saved a lot of money because I was able to put everything aside and save everything for the wedding. That was a huge blessing. Yes. And I mean, again, this is just our opinion and our, all we can speak from is our experience. But Mm -hmm. if you have the ability or the means to stay at home, whether that's with a parent or your parents or guardian or grandparents or older sibling or cousin, whatever. If you have the ability to do that where you're not having to come up with a lot of money for rent or for mortgage beforehand, that'll put a lot more money in your pocket to save. Mm -hmm. So try to look for things like that. And and again, one thing that I'll say this real quick, honey, and then go ahead. But one thing that 
we kept telling ourselves is this is just for a season. This yes. is not a forever thing. Like we're in college for four years or however long and we're working at this job for however long and we got to save up this money for however long until this date, right? So you kind of mm-hmm. set a milestone or you set like a finish line mm-hmm. and that really helps you to stay motivated when you kind of lose, yeah. you, you know, you lack motivation and you're like, oh man, this is tough. This is a mm-hmm. grind. And maybe you're out there listening and you're like, I don't really like what I'm doing right now. I, I don't really care for this job. But if you have a plan in place where you could like maybe a 10-year plan and then maybe a five-year plan and like a two-year plan and even a six-month plan, mm-hmm. where you can kind of just give yourself a little milestone to uh, shoot forward, to reach. And even if you don't hit it exactly, maybe it's within a couple months or a couple years, it's still good to have to keep you motivated because mm-hmm. some people get locked into this grind and they're just you know kind of groveling and complaining and it just kind of you lose motivation so Mm -hmm. all i'm trying to say is have goals that you set to keep you motivated and then hopefully better opportunities will open up for you um, vocationally or financially or whatever you you might be lacking in you know that's kind of our advice and kind of why we shared a little bit about this phase in our life too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another important thing to note too, was that during that season, like Jordan was mentioning, um, we didn't do a lot of eating out. We didn't do a lot of splurging. We didn't go to bars. I feel like Mm -hmm. bars are what are killing millennials. (laughs) Do you realize how much you guys are paying for your drinks and your Starbucks coffees? Like those things add up so much. You spend like seven, $8 on a, cup of coffee or $50 on a bar and that's just for the drinks I mean if you're like really going hard and eating then you got food yeah or you got like an uber and it's just like yeah I mean every weekend I feel like an average like weekend out costs like 100 to 200 300 dollars like I feel like a minimum of 100 because if you're ubering or if your friend is dropping you off like drinks are expensive yeah there's a really good book my mom got us when we were engaged in in this phase of really saving up i'll mm-hmm. get to my parents in a second because i just gotta give them props for how much they were a help in a rock for us but my mom got me this book called uh ten dollar dates i believe it's called it's just like and it had no like no cost dates too yeah it was just very cheap frugal um but good quality and fun things to do when you're on a budget and and remember that jar I made you? Yeah, that it was, was like cool. a date jar or something. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like, like little popsicle sticks mm-hmm. where Milena wrote some activity or something fun to do. Yeah, and sometimes I it was did like did it by like budget. Yeah, it was like no money, ten dollars, fifteen dollars. They were color coded like depending on you know more expensive to least expensive. Mm-hmm. And there was like I can't remember what was in there, but one of them was literally just make popcorn and hot chocolate and have a have a movie night Mm -hmm. that's like nothing you know so yeah but it's still a fun thing so back to my parents um well well let me say this first is as Melaine and I are kind of talking about this phase where like yeah we're working for minimum wage kind of like for pennies at this point Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like a lot and again it's easy to get discouraged in that too if you feel like oh I I wish I was earning more I wish I could go back to school or finish school so I can get a degree and then hopefully get maybe a better career path in you know in my life but I just want to encourage you guys with we're going to be pretty scripture heavy tonight 
and we got a lot that's coming, so stay with us. I know this is kind of a long intro, but we're trying to just kind of set the pre- um, the precedent here. But in Luke 16, verse 10, Jesus is talking, he's giving a parable, and he's focusing on money and possessions. And this is what he says. Uh, this is Luke 16, verse 10. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. And then if you jump down to verse 13, Jesus says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I think that's really uh, key because as we're talking about finances here, we're going to, in a little bit, share just seven principles that Milan and I live by for personal finance. But that's one that really spoke to me. And I remember my mom telling me that too. And we're starting off as like, regardless of how much income you earn on a year or, or whatever, if you can be trusted with little, then like with the little things, if you can do the little things with integrity and honoring the Lord, then that means when bigger things come, and I don't know what that means, but there could be various different things. I don't think that's just one dimensional, like only talking about, oh, when you get more money, you know, if you're, if you're good with a little bit of money, God's going to give you a lot of money. That's not at all what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It could just be a larger trust or a larger responsibility. Right. So I think that principle is good to learn now, wherever you are. So take heart and be encouraged. If you're in that position, you're like, oh, I just, I wish I could break out of this. Uh, don't be too quick to put the cart before the horse. See how God can prune you and shape you now in your current situation for those opportunities down the road. Because maybe we're just not ready yet. And maybe there are some great things that God has in store that he's wanting to teach us first so that we're prepared for those down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, I just wanted to quickly mention my parents and my grandma because uh, I only have one surviving grandparent left, my mom's mom, and she's just the sweetest thing in the world. But I remember growing up with just outrageously generous parents, and my grandma, I, I loop in there with, with them. Uh, I think my grandma's probably the most generous person I know. And She loves to sneak little $20 bills <laughs> yeah. here and there. Yeah, I remember, like, that's kind of the running joke with me and my cousins, because um, we'll, we'll say, like, we're going out to the movies, and then... Um, We'd ask the parents for some money, like when we were younger, hey, can we have some money for concessions or whatever? Like, all right, here, here's like, you know, a few bucks, whatever. Wait, real quick. I really want popcorn, so can we go to the we- the movies this weekend? I meant sure. to tell you that earlier. Sorry, you just made me think of popcorn. Sure. Movie popcorn sounds so good right now. It does. Keep, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so then <laughs> um, my grandma would come out, and I feel like my parents knew that she would do this. That's why they would like not give us an adequate amount. My grandma would come shuffling out, like trying to be all sneaky. She'd have it all folded up. And my family's Italian, so we always joke like my grandma's in the mob. And that's where like she gets these 20s to slide <laughs> to us. She's like, here's a little spending money for you kids. But it'd be like way more than just a little something. <laughs> We're like, Grams, no, this is way too much. She's like, oh, take it, take it. It's fine. You know, so she was always like that and just really generous. And I didn't realize this until... I just grew up and saw that not everybody's parents is like that, you know? So I'm like, wow, my parents sponsor 
several kids and are so giving not only of their money, but of their time and of their, um, you know, they'll basically put everybody else's needs before themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's multiple ways to be generous, but in the context of financial generosity, my parents are some of the most giving people that I know with their money. Mm-hmm. So wait, I just have a cute little story to share about your grandma. Go One for time it. I was like with her at her house. I don't know if you were there, but she was writing a letter to someone who had just gotten married. I'm like, Oh, who is it? She goes, Oh, it's my aunt's sister's cousin's great daughter. I'm like, are you kidding me? You probably have never met this person in your life. But she is just like so considerate and just like wants to love on everyone. So I just, it's so cute. Yeah. She's very thoughtful in that. And that goes hand in hand with her financial generosity. But Mm -hmm. I just share that to say that's kind of my experience growing up. So that really shaped a lot of my views. Yeah, that kind of like puts it kind of into perspective, your view of money, because you grew up with people not valuing money. Well, in the sense of like, mine, 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 mine. I know you what know? you're saying, yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that makes not a selfish huge with difference. Money. Yeah. Yeah. So we have six, no, we have seven principles that we live by that we are going to share with you guys. And we're going to link this in the description too, so you can kind of have a, if you're taking notes, I know a lot of people send screenshots of them yeah, taking notes. Yeah, that's so cute. We love that. Please keep that up. But it'll just, we're just trying to make it easier for you guys. So we're going to list those seven um, as we talk about them. So feel free to take notes in that way. Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, no, did I miss one? Or, yeah. you know, don't worry. We got you. All right. First one. And it's important that this one is the first one. Yes. This, we we've these ordered are, these we, specifically. Okay. All right. Cool. Everything belongs to God. I feel like once you have this in your mind, everything else will change. Um, don't grip onto money so tightly. It's okay. It was never ours to begin with. And I feel like this just changes everything. If you keep thinking, I worked 47 hours this week. I deserve every cent that I've earned. If you have that prideful thinking, you've already lost because it's not yours to begin with. It's all God's money. Yes, that's very well said, honey, because I really see it as God inviting us into stewarding his resources like if you were to list in your mind the different things that you hold near and dear that are just possessions what are some things that you would write down this is an exercise i actually did in a men's group back in high school and the uh the leader was saying list some things that you know you really value and i write down like my car my you know such and such your car well like I'm judging you. No, this is before we met, of course. Of oh, course. okay. No, if I, and plus you're Your not my car. possession. So oh. we're talking about like earthly possession or like monetary oh. possessions. Okay. It might have been like, I don't know. Well, everything is going to be shallow that you list off. Right. But the key, and this is the kind of point that the the small group leader was saying is as, I'm, as we're even writing stuff down, just subconsciously burned into our mind, it's my car my shoes my mm. it's like no 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 that's all god's mm. he's just allowed it to fall into our laps for a temporary amount of time you know so mm-hmm. sometimes that's for life other times it's for a little while but one of the greatest advice is i i was given on material possessions and kind of having the right heart and mind about it is if it's something that you can't immediately give up if god made that evident to you you shouldn't have it I really like that. Hey, that uh, new Corvette you just bought, I want you to sell the money and give it to this 
couple that's going to be missionaries over in Bolivia. Mm. Oh, no. What? My Corvette? My baby? The one that I wax every other day and <laughs> keep it under a wrap and just... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's mine, actually, as God would say, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm just allowing you to steward that. And it's going to end up in a junk pile all rested up one day. So that's yeah, that kind definitely, of... Yeah, that puts... That really shifts everything. Yeah, we kind of want to throw that first as kind of a... Just like a little bit of a shock to kind of get you like, whoa, like it should hit hard because it hit me hard when Mm -hmm. I first discovered this and Mm -hmm. it's completely, and for the better, like it's completely shifted my entire perspective and Melena's too, I I speak for both of us. It's completely shifted our perspective on money and I think having that basis of, Lord, this is all yours. I'm grateful for that which you've allowed me to steward Mm -hmm. and, you know, I recognize this is all all yours. I think that's really the right the right mindset it, to have. Yeah, before just, you can even get into any any more of the uh, details, that's where we need to start. Mm-hmm. Well, because it takes out the pride, and yes. I think that pride and money are the two evils. Absolutely, evil doers. All right, what's number two, honey? Number two, kind of going along with what Melania just said, is do not fall into the trap of desiring riches. Do not fall into the trap of desiring riches. What do I mean by that? Here I might uh, ruffle some feathers. I might uh, <laughs> cause Offend? a little... Offend? Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, in this um, you know, triggered culture, you got to be careful, but you also can't shy away from the truth. And as Christians, we are called to speak the truth, which is bold and often offensive, but in love. So there's a balance there of grace, graciously delivering a heart to hear truth, right? Mm-hmm. So I preface it to say that there's this thing that is going around. It's been going around for a long time. <laughs> it's called the prosperity gospel. And basically the, uh, the thesis of the prosperity gospel is that the more you give to a particular church or ministry or just even in general, the more you give to such and such ministries or such and such pastor, the more God is going to give you specifically money or health or possessions or something very materialistic and tangible. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not denying that there are instances where the Lord does actually um restore like in Job's case he restored Job's family and possessions um multiple times over but that's not the you know the doctrinal principle that we can hang our hat on and say oh well you know God restored Job and Job was faithful and God restored him so I know if I'm faithful you know and then you'll hear well the reason you didn't have you didn't get that Lamborghini is because you didn't have enough faith so if you just had more faith or if you really just claimed laid claim to it you know it's just all this silliness that's manifest exactly it's all based in new age kind of law of attraction and it's just disguised and blanketed with calling it christian but it's nothing new like like uh, ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun and i'm going to prove it to you because well let me just say this too jesus if if the prosperity gospel is true that 
um, your riches and mon- monetary value is a direct um, result of basically how much God loves you and how faithful you are, then Jesus and his disciples were the least faithful people who ever lived. <laughs> Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. Jesus was homeless. Mm-hmm. He traveled around with his 12 disciples just bouncing around from house to house for people that would receive him and welcome that welcome him in. But he didn't have a place to lay his head. He was... He was a this homeless is Jesus guy. Jesus we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, this is God the in the flesh. Yeah. So, and then this, the disciples, they often, like, they, first off, they all died martyrs' deaths. So how could, how could that be? I thought, you know, it's your best life right now. And, you know, God wants to do nothing but give you every physical blessing and comfort. And if, you know, I digress. I'm going to, I'm going to get off this soapbox, but. I ought to say, it, prosperity preachers don't even believe what they say because if they did, they, if, when they say like, "Oh, give me this much money," and then you know, God will give you ten times that back. Well, why don't they take their own advice and invest in their own ministries ten times, and then see if God will give them ten times as much? They don't do that because they know what they're preaching is complete garbage. But as I digress, <laughs> Melina's like, whoa. <laughs> anywho, anyhow, oh, I want to read okay. to you from 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 10. This is Paul writing to a young Timothy, just giving him a warning because Paul's been around the block a few times. He's got that old man wisdom, and he's giving Timothy some advice here. Listen to what he says. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. So I'm just going to recap real quick there. Paul's basically saying, look, these, there are people out there that are using and abusing the gospel for their own gain and for trying to make a buck off of the gospel, trying to tell people, what their itching ears want to hear. And he's saying, look, godliness with contentment, meaning I don't need more. I don't want more. I don't desire to have these material things. That is great gain. And then he says, if we just have food and clothing, basically if if your needs are met, if God's providing for you to to live and to go on another day, he's saying, be content with that. God's blessing you with that. We can't, you know, take anything out of this world, but the souls that we witness to and share the gospel with and that we disciple and and who receive salvation, right? So then back to the scripture, he says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. 
not, not money necessarily itself. Money is morally neutral. It can be used for amazing, you know, blessing, but it can also be in, incredibly destructive. So it's the love of money, this craving and desire and desperate need to be rich that is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I was just thinking about this verse um, a while back when I first read it years ago. And I was trying to think of like all these movies that you see that are violent or, you know, thrillers or action movies. I, I, I challenge you, if you look at like what's out right now or, you know, movies that you've recently seen, look at how many of them, some point in the plot of the story, there's something to do with money and people trying to go after it and doing whatever they want or something of great, you know, physical value, right? So I guarantee you that you'll be surprised as, as you start thinking through like, oh, wow, that mobster guy just killed that person and because he owed him some money or, oh, this person stole that and that's worth a lot of money and now there's a big change. You know, it's like, you can go, I, I digress, anywho, anyhow, but <laughs> that's just something I noticed that makes a great plot for our human condition because that's what we see going on, exactly what Paul says. And I think it's interesting to, to note that Paul's not saying it, it's not sinful to make a lot of money. It's sinful to want to keep a lot of money and build up earthly wealth. Like, again, he says, we can't take these things with us out of the world, right? Uh, Jesus says in Matthew six nineteen through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, again, don't fall into that trap of desiring riches. You might think to yourself, like, oh, man, it'd be nice to have some more money, like, I don't want to be making minimum wage for the rest of my life. Um, and again, it's relative to, to where you live to like, I understand, you know, eight or $9 an hour is a ton to somebody in a different context, but we're just speaking. It's relative to where you're at and how much things cost and things like that. But, um, don't take that to mean like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm completely out of touch with the rest of the world. Like, no, I get it. There's other societies that live on, uh, you know, a dollar a day or a couple you know, cents a day, and that's all that they have. But I think that's a little bit rel more relative to their context. So uh, I'm just saying, if you think like, oh, maybe it's better to have, maybe I could, I could probably do with having a little bit more. I I'm not saying that where you have a goal to, you know, get an increase in raise or to promote in your position to get to some level where it makes things a little bit more sustainable for you and your family. But it's this desire to, how can I manipulate somebody? How can I take advantage of this for monetary gain? Because I just really want to be wealthy. I just, and not only that, not only have money, but I really want people to know that I have a lot of money. I want people to see this. I want to flaunt it. I want to let people know that I made it, right? Well, that's what Dave Ramsey says. We're a bunch of people spending money we don't have to impress people we don't like. And with, I don't with think things that, that we don't even need, need or want. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the most truest statement you could ever make with our society right now, especially with social media. 
Uncle Dave. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about Uncle Dave. Okay, hold on. Don't up. call him Uncle Dave because someone literally thought he like <laughs> is an uncle of ours. No, no, no. I just say that in Dave like Dave Ramsey. It's like a term He's of endearment. Like, like I call I call some of my best friends dad's uncle because that's kind of how I feel with them. Like close relationship, like Uncle Frank. You oh. know, people like that. No, you so. only call him Uncle Frank because it's. Jake's uncle. That's true. And it's uncle. Okay. But he's like an uncle Honey, to me too. You have too. been on the soapbox for a minute. I know. I'm just. Tr- I'm. I'm feeling the Lord just putting this on my heart, okay. and I wanna. I wanna get it out there because I feel a lot of people are in this situation. Like honestly, if I'm hand to God right now, I have never had this just desire. I want to make a lot of money. That's never been my desire. I've way more important to me than making money is doing something meaningful that I can go to and enjoy. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat where, again, we have a lot of friends that work at um, Quicken Loans, which is like a place that you make a lot of, you know, bank sales and mortgages and all that stuff. But they work like, they work like animals there, like 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And it's just a grind. And everybody that I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I lasted, you know, two months, three months, six months. Like the turnover is just crazy because, yeah, you make a ton of money, but you have no quality of life or any time to spend it. Right. So I get it. If somebody wants to give up something that's makes more money, but then they don't have any time, which is the most precious commodity and would take something that even pays less. So I get it. So, honey, what do we got for principle number three that we live by? Oh, I never thought we would get to it. Okay, number three is ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom in managing your finances. And continue to be in communication with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, not, not just one and done. Yes. What does James 1, 5 say? If you lack wisdom, ask God who, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Yeah, I think that's a great promise that the Bible gives us is, look, Melania and I, we had no clue what we were doing, and we still don't have a clue what we're doing, Mm-mm. but the Lord has given us the responsibility of managing his wealth, so we want to be as in tune and as in step with the Lord as possible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to care for people yeah. and bring them the gospel. One thing I would like to just briefly mention is I think people underestimate or, like, kind of don't think okay well I'm making a minimum wage like I'm not working that many hours like once I have like a big girl job and once I'm like working for a couple of years then I'll start putting money into retirement then I'll start a saving accounts then I'll do this I feel like a lot of people like to prolong doing stuff that is going to help you I think what you need like people should start doing is like with every paycheck that you get Every dollar that is in that paycheck needs to have a specific spot to go to. And if it doesn't, create it. Know where every single dollar of yours is going. Take control of the money that you have. That's 0.5, honey. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just kidding. Wait. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. But no, Melana's <laughs> right. Like when, when we're talking about including the Holy Spirit and giving you wisdom, like there's people out like like us where we didn't really know what we were doing. We're like, okay, well, we know we need to save money, but again, how, how much, how much, like 
what what about in this position? Like we got people asking us, you know, what if I'm in a commission based job? Um, you know, so ask the Holy Spirit for those things. Like we can give you our advice from two non expert, you know, random regular people, but I guarantee you the leading and the insight and the and the revelation that the Lord is going to give you is infinitely more valuable than anything that we can do. But I will say just because we did get that question about, you know, commission-based stuff. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have like a, I work for the government, so I have a set, you know, every two weeks I'm getting a paycheck, right? And I know I can count on that almost as sure as anything that I'm getting paid, you know, because the government might shut down for a little bit, but you know that it's going back up. So I have like the best job security, which I'm very thankful for. Melinda, on the other hand, also has like, as you know, she does social media, she does YouTube, she works with brands and um, works business transactions and things like that, which is a commission thing. So sometimes she makes more in a month, sometimes she makes less, but it just varies, you know. So what I can advise for people um, who are kind of in that situation of, I don't have like a set income, just take whatever your commission is on average and then maybe conservatively underestimate what you kind of make on average and then just go off that. And you might have to adjust it a couple hundred or even a couple thousand dollars depending on you know what you make. But if you can take like a very low earning commissioned month and live off of that and basically have that to pay your bills, then that should just be your baseline. So let's just take, for example, let's say you're working a commission-based job and you make one of your lower months, you make $3,000 in the month of that month. And your expenses come up to about $2,300 a month. Well, you still have $700 left over on a lower month. No, you're not going to go buy a Gucci bag. (laughs) Who are you telling me or you? (laughs) But you have like, you know, a few hundred extra dollars left over on a lower month that you can save for a rainy day, invest in, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but that's going off of a lower month. And then maybe say another month you make $8,000 and that's more of a higher commission month. But you're... What I'm trying to say is you shouldn't match your your spending to your income. And Milena is someone that does this very well. She always lives below her means, even when you were doing minimum wage jobs. She never mm-hmm. like tried to say, "Oh, well, I'm making this much now, so I have to spend this much." You know, mm-hmm. your spending it's should always opposite. be exactly like. Mm-hmm. I read a story one time about a guy who was making. $30,000 a year and supporting a family of four and he basically like retired at age 40 or 45 or something making the same amount his whole life and he just had basically like people were like how'd you do this uh, 30,000 and four four mouths to feed like how'd you retire so young and he was like honestly I just you know put away I, I we lived off half of what I made and He's like, yeah, we we were very frugal, you know. We were never like really struggling because we knew we had more to 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 use if we ever got in a bad situation. But you know, we were just able to do this, and that worked for us, and we were okay. And now I have you know time to be with my family and have other investments to you know live off of and all that. So it's possible, you know. 
and then there's other guys who have had earned the same amount, and then they end up making ten times as much as what they were making in a very short amount of time, but they still live off of that initial thirty thousand or whatever, and they might be getting half a million dollars a year, but they still live off of thirty thousand because that's what they're used to. So again, your um, your income can change, but your expenses and what you need to spend money on shouldn't when it comes to just living right and paying the bills. So again, ask the Lord for wisdom because that's going to be the game changer and that's been the game changer for us too. So, Mm -hmm. all right, honey, what's number four? Number four is that if you are in debt, get out ASAP. Yes. ASAP. Debt is your worst nightmare yes we are not credit card believers we don't own credit cards we don't do uh loans we don't do um what is it like cash advance or like pay now for payments after pay no if you don't have the cash for it you cannot buy it your house is your is the exception yeah yeah because just literally no one can buy half a million especially here in the states like you know most people don't have whatever 80 to 200,000 I think is like the annual or not the annual but the average median house cost in the states when you combine like all the crazy averages I think it's somewhere around like 200,000 mm-hmm. but yeah I mean nobody has $200,000 cash it's very rare if you do good on you like you should probably invest in buying a house cash and then not have a payment <laughs> but still have a place to live and save up but what Melaine is saying here is, again, we talked about Uncle Dave. So we just want to walk you guys through the baby steps that Dave Ramsey shares and preaches and has basically gotten millions of people out of debt with because it actually does work. And we're going to link it in the description. Um, we, it's not sponsored or anything by Dave, but we wish. Like, Uncle Dave, you want to you wanna sponsor our podcast? We're, we're totally down for it. But let me just read through the baby steps. And kind of write this down or go to his website. Again, we'll link it in the description. But see where you're at in these baby steps. And maybe it'll be some uh, insight for you guys. So the first baby step is to immediately save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. Right? So as fast as you can, get $1,000 saved, put away. Forget about it. That's only for emergencies. And the second baby step is to pay off all debt, like Melina said, except for your house, using the debt snowball. The debt snowball is to basically categorize and order your debts from smallest to largest. Start with the smallest one and pay that off. And then use whatever money you were paying to pay off the smaller one to pay off the next larger one. And then once that one's paid off, you use the money that you're paying using to pay for the smaller and the larger to pay off the next larger, so on and so forth, until all the credit cards, all the car payments, all the so on and so forth payments are all cleared, everything except for your house. Honey, you want to take three and four? Mm-hmm. And then a three to six month emergency fund. Yeah, so basically look at what you need to live for three to six months worth of expenses and then put that away and that's your fully funded emergency fund. So you take that 1000 from your first 
baby step to now three to six months. So whether that's 5,000 or 20,000 or however much it is to care for your family, mm-hmm. that's what you want. And then invest. This is kind of broad because I feel like there's so many different things you could invest in. Um, college. Well, invest 15% of your household income into your retirement specifically. So, oh. yeah. So, Lynn is right. You want to invest and not neglect that because investment, like when you invest, especially in like retirement, when you get to talk, well, we'll share a little bit about like 401ks and, you know, Roth IRAs and things like that. But all these different accounts that you can spend, like basically put money into uh, to save and put away for your retirement, the earlier you start, the more compounding potential your money has down the road. So if you start, um, and Dave Ramsey has a really good video on YouTube about this, but basically if you, if you start at age 25 to age 65 and you invest um, 15% of the median household income, which is like $50,000. So if you invest $7,500 a year into a good growth stock mutual fund, and again, check out Dave's website because he's got a lot of information on this. He said that's like seven and a half million dollars in the funds that he personally invests in that have like a good 12 or 13 percent um, average return. So if I'm losing anybody here, just go to Dave's website. He makes it all clear. Um, encourage you to watch him on YouTube. Check out his resources and articles and his book and uh, even sign up for Financial Peace University because that really helped me and Milena uh, tremendously. And by God's grace, we've paid off all of our debt except for our house. So um, this really does work. Mm-hmm. All right, next is college. Yep, you want to save for your children's college fund. So whether that's like a 529 or some other type of fund, you want to have that set up and just start putting away, even if it's not much, maybe 100 bucks a month or a couple hundred a month. Like put away a little bit. And you'll be surprised how much it'll grow by the time your kid turns 18. And that comes quicker than people realize. So, mm-hmm. And then pay off your house. Yeah. And then give. Yes. So those are the baby steps that Dave um, preaches and lives by. So definitely check that out because that's been huge for us. And Dave kind of talks about Proverbs 22.7 a lot, which is, that the borrower is slave to the lender. And the reason that he basically is preaching to get out of debt and to cut up your credit cards and to not borrow money that you don't have and take it early, like Melina was talking about cash advances and things like this, is because once you do that, you're now enslaved to whoever this credit card company is, um, Capital One or Discover, whoever Mm -hmm. that's, basically milking all the interest and, you know, causing people to just be no longer, you know, in control of their money, but now their money is controlling them and these big companies are controlling all of that. So you don't want to be a slave to the lender as a borrower. And just think for a minute, like, what would your life look like if you had zero payments? You didn't have a car payment. You didn't have, like, obviously you just have your living expenses, you know, keep the lights on and, you know, buy groceries, basically. What would your life look like? Because your income is your greatest wealth building tool. And if you 
didn't have it going out the window to crazy payments, how much more of that could you save and invest? How generous could you be, right? I mean, that's that's pretty you know, crazy to think about where a lot of people pay, you know, live paycheck to paycheck, just trying to make ends meet every month and all their money's going to payments. But if you're able to get out of debt and get out as quick as possible, you have more time to invest and save and give that money and be outrageously generous. So that's a little bit about number four. What's mm-hmm. number five, honey? Number five is the one I gave a little spoil, spoil alert to earlier. Go ahead. Um, and that is to um, have a budget and have a plan. Um, Unique so, to each month. Yes. Yeah. So we like to use the dollar app that Dave Ramsey created, right? Yeah. Every dollar it's called. And basically, like Melina said, it's a budgeting tool and it's basically uh, unique. Like it makes you do a whole new budget every month and you ascribe a role and a place for every dollar that you make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is really good. So car payment, gases, um, repairs, gym membership, mortgage, anything like that. Um, something we're going to have to start budgeting for now is insurance because as you guys know, Jordan is going to be leaving his job and with that, we are going to lose his insurance and I don't have insurance. YouTube don't give me no insurance. (laughs) Yeah. That's something too. Like as Melania and I have been looking for, you know, private coverage, like health insurance, for, for example, I didn't realize I took it for granted how much like you know, if you're in a big pool of employees at a larger job or you're working in the government or in the military, like there's a lot of people paying into, you know, a premium. So it keeps your monthly costs lower because you have so many more people paying into a program. But when you're on your own, say you're just self-employed or you're in a job that doesn't give you benefits, but you need that, um, it's kind of hard to find like the right place to go and the right resources but there's actually a really good uh, resource called Policy Genius, and they're basically the easy way to shop for all different kinds of insurance plans. And they give you, you know, in minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the best price. And what I really like about Policy Genius is they have virtually every product that you can imagine for insurance. They have obviously life insurance, they got homeowners, they got renters, auto insurance, disability, even pet insurance. Which I definitely think we need. Yeah, I just saw that on their website today. I think it's worth bundling that too. Of course, health insurance being that it's you know open enrollment right now, I think till December 15th. If you're looking for you know the right coverage to provide for your family and you feel like your employer maybe isn't giving you the right insurance or not any at all, we encourage you guys to check out Policy Genius because once you apply and go on their website, their team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And that's something, especially when it comes to matters like life and health insurance, you don't want to try to just guess and figure out on your own. You want to have a good team behind you, and Policy Genius has the, the people for that. So when you're looking at your workplace benefits this month, make sure to double check your life insurance options. Because you might find something better and even more affordable on Policy Genius. You can go 
to policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in just minutes. And it's the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Yep. And other insurances, but primarily life insurance is their, their main thing. So, yeah, that's something we're going to be looking into, like Melana said. And we'd encourage you guys to check it out, too. Because you have, you know, all the big things like your giving, your savings, your housing and all that. But something that people overlook is, you know, just basic benefits like insurance. So that's number five. Number six is to invest and save early. And again, this is a little bit of a repeat, but there's more to it than just, you know, a thrift savings plan, which is what I have through the government, which is basically the government's version of a 401k or IRAs or mutual funds. You know, there's all different types of things that you can invest in. Um, Dave Ramsey also has a lot of um, like experts that they filter and vet through their program called SmartVestor. And it's just a really great resource. So we encourage you guys to check them out too. But as we're kind of talking a little bit more about investing and saving early, there's just a ton of different funds that are out there. And again, Melaine and I aren't experts, but we do have some really great people that we've leaned on and uh, sought out counsel about. And there's just all different things like your 401k, your IRAs, you have mutual funds. I encourage you guys to just check out, do your research and homework on these things because a lot of them have, um, if you work for like an employer, sometimes your employer will contribute to these accounts, which is basically just free money up to a certain percentage. Like maybe it's, you know, 5% your employer will match into your 401k. So if you put in 5%, your employer will match 5%. That's 10% total. And you're basically getting 5% for free from your employer. So it's free money. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Right. And plus you're putting away to save up early. So um, yeah, I think we could probably <laughs> go so many different directions with investing and it's, it is very unique and personal to every person's decision, but just to tell you a little bit about our situation in case you're curious, or if you're like, you know, how do I get into your situation? What I have is actually called a thrift savings plan or TSP for short. It's basically the federal government's version of a 401k that's attached to the different, you know, stock market options and things like that. So um, you just basically pick which different funds you want to invest in and you just kind of put away money every paycheck and it gets automatically deposited. And I don't even think about it. I just was told from other older, wiser people on the job that said, just start from your very first paycheck and you'll never miss the money. You'll never think about it twice, you know? So that's definitely something uh, you want to take advantage of and something that we do personally. Uh, Milena, we have set up what's called a SEP IRA or Simplified Employee Pension. So she can contribute anything that she makes from her different business uh, business ventures into that and up to a certain amount for the year. So that's another thing that, you know, it's kind of compounding. It's building up um, over the years. So, yeah, it's just we're, we're basically trying to diversify and, and have different accounts for things that we have invested and in, not just putting all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, so that's kind of what we're at. We also have a Roth IRA set up for Melina, and we just contribute um, the minimum to that for the, the entire year. So 
If you can't tell, Jordan is the one that is in charge of all of this fancy stuff. <laughs> no, no. And that's another point I wanted to make, too. Um, Milena's half kidding. Like, I think I take more of a initiative on it, but we are both on board with it, and mm-hmm. we both yeah. are active because, and, let me, and this is something Dave Ramsey says, too. Uncle Dave, you got to love him. Hmm. He says, if you and your spouse are not on the same page when it comes to money, you're going you're gonna to fail. Like, there's going to be problems yeah. at some point. And, so, like, main thing of divorce is usually money-related, right? Yes. That's, like, like the, one of the number one causes is mm-hmm. divorce. Not even so much as infidelity, necessarily, which I thought was shocking when I heard that. But, yeah, people get into money problems. And get possessive and don't want to share. Exactly. They don't take the becoming one very literally. Yeah. And when you become one and join your spouse with marriage, then your finances, first off, as we already said, all belong to God. But second off... You were both sharing in that management of that, Actually, we should have, like, started off with that because some... I know quite a lot of married people who have separate bank accounts. Mm. And we should have mentioned that in the beginning, but we do not have separate bank accounts. Our bank accounts are joint. I don't have an account, and then Jordan has his own. We all have access to all of the accounts. Right. So, uh, and that's another thing, too, is when we got married, we obviously had separate checking accounts, but then we combined them. We just went into the bank and showed them our marriage certificate, and then they just joined them together on one account. No big deal. I don't even think we had to bring our marriage certificate. We did. I remember because I went there like two or three times and didn't oh. have it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, All right. You ready so, to yeah. move on to seven? Anywho, anyhow. Okay. It's good to be <laughs> on board and on the same page when it comes to these finances. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. So, um, yeah. yeah, but definitely talk to a smart vester um, from Dave Ramsey's website. If you just look up smart vester, um, he's got good people that will reach out to you and basically consult you. And they're already screened by Dave Ramsey's um, company. So number seven, last but not least. Is give, give, give. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched and who waters will himself be watered. Yeah, I love that verse because it just shares a promise from the book of wisdom, Proverbs saying that, look, I'll say this, like some of the most generous people I know are actually like really poor and don't have a lot of materialistic, you know, things. And then yet some of the most financially well-off people I know are like really stingy and cheap with their money. And I think it's it shows because when I talk to these people that don't have a lot materialistically, they say, well, the Lord has blessed me in so many other ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily yeah. when you see these promises in the scriptures, it's not necessarily like, oh, well, if you give $10,000, God's going to give you 20000 It's not necessarily that. Although there are times where God has restored possessions, like we kind of mentioned earlier in the episode, but um, not exclusively. So I just think that word blessing is so much more broader. And if we just open up, take off the blinders a little bit of just being sucked into money, that financial blessing specifically, we're going to see that God will bless in several other ways, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll just say, I feel like every time that I've given... I've never regretted it, but any time that I've like withheld from that or just said like, oh no, someone else will do it, I've always regretted it. I don't ever think 
someone will sit and think, oh, what I would do to have those $100 back. Like once you give that money, it is just such a great feeling to know that you're able to bless someone else and impact someone else's life that it's so much more worth to do that than just hold on and buy yourself another item that you don't need. Exactly. That actually reminds me of what you just said about not regretting giving. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians 9. Um, it's, I think, 6 through 11. I'll just read it real quick. It says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So I love what he says there at the beginning. God loves a cheerful giver, right? Not somebody who's reluctant or under compulsion like you're saying. Like, oh, I don't know. I, I really wish I had that money to, you know, spend on myself. It's like, no, it, mm-hmm. there's just yeah. something... Um, countercultural but makes sense in the born again heart that the, the world isn't just about us and I'll I'll say this too I, I know I've been up on my soapbox but up and down up and Honey, down a you lot you need a new word for I'll say this <laughs> <laughs> anywho anyhow um, I'm not knocking people who do charitable things um, apart from the name of Christ attached to it because there's been plenty of abuse with the name of Christ attached to it. But what I will say is this, even in doing good works and good deeds apart from the gospel, there's still some sort of personal motive there, whether it's, Hey bro, let me, you know, here, let me give you this camera real quick. I'm going to go over here and, and bless this homeless person and you record it for me and put it up online. Like there's a, there's a, anti-humility going on there or disingenuous mm-hmm. humility yeah. right so again I'm, i live in a glass house i'm not throwing stones i'm not saying don't do that what i'm saying is where's your heart at where's the motive is it i want people to see me and see how great i am and tell me how awesome i am or is it like jesus says when you do good works do them you know in private so that your father in heaven will reward you because he sees all things don't be like the pharisees praying on the corners for everybody to see and oh look how holy i am look how great i am no you you do you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing be that discreet and know that your father in heaven sees all and he will reward you so mm-hmm. just yeah. on the whole giving and being generous i think that's a, a mm-hmm. you know important point to make because it's just true we're we're not here to please anybody but the lord right mm-hmm. yep and i'm guilty of that i, I can't I can't sit here talking and say, you know, I got that together. I don't. There are times where I'm like, oh, I like when people praise me or I like when people say good things about me. But now I'm robbing the Lord of his glory and of his due credit and taking it as my own. And I don't want to do that. So I digress. But yeah, um, just we wanted to end that point seven with giving as kind of 
rooted in scripture mm-hmm. and just sharing, look, there's promises that God tells us when we're generous with the things that he's given us. He tells us we're going to sow bountifully. If we, or if we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. We'll be enriched in every way and produce thanksgiving to God. Like these are promises that he gives us. So whether that's financially or otherwise, that's what our, our hope and our goal and where our heart is, is that we want to glorify God with whatever he's given us financially, skills, you know, ingenuity, talent, anything, opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that's really our heart's goal and uh, especially with our finances. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, those are all our, our advice. That's our seven principles. And mm-hmm. again, we're not perfect. We don't perfectly live this out, but this is what we strive for mm-hmm. and hope it helps you guys. Hope it's been insightful. Um, and yeah, we, we've definitely like learned a lot just prepping for this, right. Kind of putting our thoughts together. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like it, um, kind of helps us recalibrate and like refocus on what we are doing and why we were doing it. Cause that, like, even though we're like saying all these things, it's not like we are so religious about these and like do everything perfectly every single month. Cause we don't, Yeah, don't be sitting here listening like, Oh wow. They sound like they have it together. <laughs> no, like, we no, don't. <laughs> we don't. Not at all. We're still learning and making a yeah. lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. but we're hopefully what we're trying to do with this is share some of the things that have really worked for us and for people that we trust, um, who've kind of been there and done that so that you don't make the same mistakes that we did. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one last thing I do want to touch on though, before we keep going, sorry, ding, ding. I never know how to turn that sound off. (laughs) It's like from my Mac is like connected to my phone. Um, so since we moved into this house, one thing that I told Jordan that I wanted was a security system because we did not have one in our old house. And to be honest, I did not feel safe because I would be home alone basically all day long and most burglaries happen between 9 or 6 a.m to 6 p.m which is like the middle of the day when like normal people go to work but because i'm at home i would happen to be home if someone came and tried to rob our house so that is a very very scary feeling and so as soon as we moved in legit two days after we had simply safe installed into our house and it was so easy to do they came and did everything it was very simple very fast they don't have to drill any holes they don't have to use all these wires it is amazing and it was so smooth and seamless like i have no complaints whatsoever i think it's so great and if you guys don't have a security system i highly 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 suggest you guys get one because it is so much better to be safe than sorry um I just, I can't, I just think it's so, I feel so much better being at home. I set the alarm all day long. We set it at night too. And then it's great because you can control it from your phone. So like when Jordan's going to come home, he'll just disable it before he even walks through the door. So it's great. I love it. Yeah. And as Molly is saying, like we didn't have this before. And once we got Simply Safe, what we found out, what's crazy is that only one in five homes actually do have a security system, mm-hmm. like a home security system. So yeah. that gives, like, if you're in that percentage, that's just a lot better chances for you that you're going to be safe, your family's going to be safe. Mm-hmm. And as we're kind of talking about things that, you know, financially that we invest in, this is something that really you cannot um, really cut corners with. Like, it's yeah. a worthy investment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think part of the reason that a lot of people don't have a home security system, I think more people are getting them now 
Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's probably because a lot of companies really don't make it that easy. Um, but the reason Simply Safe is our top choice is, like Melina said, um, it's just super easy to install. You can do it yourself. There's no drilling or running fishing wires around and, you know, getting into your walls and all that. So you can take it with you if you move somewhere. Like if you're jumping around from house to house or you're, you know, renting for a while, like you can literally just take it with you and move and relocate it. And it's all top of the line technology backed up by both Wi-Fi and cellular capabilities. So you, you'll have backup options if one, you know, fails or one gets compromised or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and so. one thing, like, I know we have two giant dogs. First of all, I don't think they would ever do anything if anyone even came into the house. So Lila <laughs> would just get excited and, like, pee on them because she always pees on people when she gets excited. But They're, um, they're kind of scary, though, when they bark. They're scary looking, but, like, they don't do anything. Samson runs away. Don't tell all but... the burglars <laughs> that are listening that because now okay but i have simply safe so don't even try because (laughs) police dispatch 3.5 times faster because they have video verification so it just comes they will be there a lot faster yeah like a normal like old school alarm system they're basically because they don't have the video verification it takes a lot longer because you're routing from like old systems Mm -hmm. so for a program like simply safe it's a lot quicker like melinda said like three Mm -hmm. and a half times faster And the good thing with them is there's no contract, no no hidden fees or fine print. And it just blends right into your home. It's very aesthetic looking home system. And one thing that they told us was really cool when we were talking to the techs is they can sense between glass breaking like your window versus like a plate that you dropped and that breaking. Mm -hmm. So it's got really good quality technology. Mm -hmm. It can sense it with like the motion sensors. It can tell between like a dog or a a pet versus Mm -hmm. like a human well one last thing i will say um we do have the like bell that goes off like it's like this lady that talks and anytime any of the doors open she'll say front door back door patio basement Mm -hmm. which i really really appreciate because once alethea starts walking i know kids walk out of the house all the time so i really like having that feature knowing okay someone just opened the door it's the front door it's probably alethea trying to escape and go off into the road so go get her you (laughs) know so it's good to keep bad people out but also the little ones kids in in, so it works double ways in that and what's really good you're probably thinking like oh wow this is probably really expensive but it's actually not and uh, you don't compromise quality with it either but it's only 14.99 a month for 24 7 monitoring and with other competitors, they really start at like 50 or, or more dollars per month. So, uh, again, there's no contracts, no long-term commitment. And, uh, I mean, you really got nothing to lose because if you just visit simplysafe.com slash my house, you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. So, you really got nothing to lose. So, again, if you go to simplysafe.com slash my house, so they know that we sent you from our show. Um, you'll get your free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial in your house. Nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash myhouse. Perfect. And we will have that link down below as well as everything, our socials, all the seven steps that we have mentioned, everything that we feel like is important that you guys might have missed or would like to 
like have notes on we will do that and we'll also like include all this stuff on our instagram and just in case you forgot if you repost you listening to us on Astrumia House and tag Astrumia House, me and Jordan, and repost it to your story. On we, Instagram. Yes, on Instagram. Um, you have the potential to win a free coffee. Sometimes we select five people. Sometimes we select 15 people. It always varies. So <laughs> doesn't hurt to try because we're always giving y'all some coffee. And we really appreciate it. You guys are really sweet with the reposts and... Yes. Sharing about how the episodes and the podcast have impacted you. That just, we say this every show, but it's, it's true. Like it does not get old and we really sincerely appreciate all your guys support. So with that, um, we realized this was a lot longer show than normal, but that's okay because this is a big topic that we wanted to discuss and a lot of info. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about finances, but maybe we'll get a little bit more specific in some future episodes. So let us know what you guys thought about this. If you like kind of this style where we get a little bit more peeling the layers back and how we manage money or some different principles biblically on stewardship and things like that, we'd love to continue to discuss these things in the future. Um, But with that, honey, if you don't have anything else, I will just uh, share our prayer request and pray and we'll, we'll sign up. Wait, no, we have a praise. Oh yes. Well, Which yeah. we've never done before. Yeah. So if you listened, I think it was two episodes back, one or two episodes back, my good friend Trevor um, sent me a prayer request for his nephew who basically had a lot of health problems and he's only a little baby. He was born premature. Um, he just had so many issues when he was born and they thought for a while like he wasn't actually going to pull through. But um, Trevor said... He's doing better, and uh, he gave me another update just earlier this week, and he told me that the doctors are now delaying his nephew's heart surgery even more because he is doing so well, and they're thinking he no longer needs eye surgery because his eyes have improved so much, praising God for those answered prayers. And that just like brought so much joy to me because I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of hurting people out there. There's a lot of struggle, a lot of pain. And to hear that your guys' prayers listening to this and all the prayers of everybody praying have made an impact, that's just, that's just the power of the Lord at work. So we're uh, praising God for that. Um, but for this week's prayer request as well, Erin um, actually reached out to us and she just confided in us saying her mom left their family for another man and she's just been acting out of the ordinary. Um, she realizes it's a spiritual problem, and she really just wanted us to pray uh, for her family, but especially for her mom, um, that the Lord will kind of grab hold of her and bring her back. So uh, let's pray for Aaron. Lord God, um, we don't understand things that happen. Uh, they just don't make sense. There's no explanation And it causes us to really doubt and really question um, not only our faith, but what we're what we're doing in our lives. So um, at this time, Lord, I ask that you draw close to Aaron and her family um, as they're trying to make sense of it. Let them know that you have given them peace that surpasses understanding that when even things don't make sense, Lord, you are still in control and you can still 
bring beauty from ashes and make uh, great, beautiful things out of the worst situations. So, Lord, we ask that um, Aaron's mom be convicted and that she turn from her uh, rebellion and you know, going off and doing her own thing, just as the prodigal son did. Pray that you bring her back and that her family just welcomes her and embraces her with open arms again. Uh, but that you use this time to draw close to her and really show her who you are. And uh, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, honey. Very beautiful. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye.